You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show. I'm your host, Keith Budden, and as normal, I start each week with a call out to our new listeners. And this week, we have new listeners from London, Kingston-upon-Thames, Dartford, Slough, Manchester, Chelmsford, Portsmouth, Guildford, Gloucester, Torquay, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Swansea, Chester, Luton, Oslo in Norway, Hodstaven in Denmark, Kalmar in Sweden, Stockholm in Sweden, Luxembourg, the district of Brno City in the Czech Republic, Dortmund in Germany, Frankfurt in Germany, Cologne in Germany, Vienna in Austria, Slovenia, Tel Aviv in Israel, Cape Town in South Africa, Sydney, Australia, Sao Paulo in Brazil, and Orlando in Florida in the USA. So, once again, a whole host of listeners from right around the globe, and so welcome to you all, and indeed, of course, welcome to all of you, regular listeners of the GDPR Weekly Show. Uh, I really appreciate you taking 30 minutes out of your week to catch up on the latest news relating to GDPR. And uh, if you have any comments, please do let me know. I always like receiving your emails with feedback on the show and just send them to podcasts at insurety.co.uk. That's E-N-S-U-R-E-T-Y dot co.uk. I do read all the emails you send in. Unfortunately, I don't have time to reply to each and every email, but please be sure I do do read them. So again, if you have any feedback, please do send it to podcasts at insurety.co.uk. And in a moment, I'll be bringing you up to date with what's coming up in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Check us out on Facebook. So coming up in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, we have an article about Aaron Banks and Leave.eu and the uh, fines from the ICO for the activities of Aaron Banks and Leave.eu. We have a reminder on Google Takeout. We have an article on a survey from Fellows which found that almost one in five employees had not been given any information on GDPR by their company. We have an article on a breach of the Twitter accounts of Matalan and Pathé UK. We have an update on the Data Protection Forum taking place at London Excel in uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, We have an article on uh, making sure that you keep your data breach procedures to be customer-centric and that you actually concentrate on the effect on your customers of any data breach. And then we end this week's packed episode with some news from the ICO that they have started to issue assessment notices. And assessment notices mean that the company being issued the assessment notice is forced to carry out a GDPR audit. So please do have a listen to that. It's the final article in this week's episode, but I think you will find it very interesting. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. 
One of the large news stories breaking this week is, of course, the case of Aaron Banks and Leave.eu and the fine which has been imposed on them or proposed to be placed on them by the ICO. Uh, the ICO has sent them notice that they intend to fine them £135,000. Leave EU and uh, and uh, Aaron Banks do, of course, have an opportunity to appeal against that, and we're waiting to see whether they'll take that opportunity. But at the moment, as it stands, the ICO is going to fine them £135,000. And it comes because of the sharing of information between Leave.eu and one of Aaron Banks' companies, uh, Alden Insurance Firm, and in particular its service called Go Skippy. Uh, the report from the ICO says that more than a million emails sent to EU subscribers contain marketing for the Alden insurance firm's Go Skippy services. And of course, when signing up to Leave.eu, these people have not been asked to give their consent to receiving advertising from third parties. Uh, Mr Banks defended himself on Twitter. The Information Commissioner Office, he said, had found... We may have accidentally sent the newsletter to customers, but no evidence of a grand data conspiracy. Now, of course, the point is, is it really doesn't matter whether it was an accident or whether it was deliberate. Perhaps the level of fine would reflect whether it was an accident or deliberate, but in reality, it makes no difference as to whether there was a data breach or not. And it seems from the evidence that the ICO put forward that there is strong evidence that a data breach did occur here and that people who subscribed to leave.eu and would fairly have expected to receive newsletters of course updating them on the progress of the exit campaign leading up to the EU referendum in 2016 uh, would not have expected to have received marketing emails from Joe Stippy and uh, there's actually been two parts to this because there was that which went one way and then in the other direction as well there were customers of Alden Insurance who received mailings about leave.eu and again had not consented to their data being used for political purposes. Um, and so in total, as I say, the fines are £135,000 uh, both organisations have been fined £60,000 each for breaching data laws and there was a separate £15,000 fine for a serious breach after a Leave.eu newsletter was sent to more than 319,000 email addresses on Alden's customer database. And so this is actually quite a major step forward by the ICO in issuing these fines against Alden and against Leave.eu and we wait and see whether Aaron Banks decides to appeal and indeed whether there are any wider effects on the whole Brexit argument from this data breach. The early indications are that it shouldn't have any um, real reaction in terms of any doubt being cast on the result of the Leave referendum. But nonetheless, of course, it now opens up that legal possibility. So this is without doubt a story that will run and run. And so we'll be bringing you updates on this story in future editions of the GDPR Weekly Show. 
You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Just a very quick update on an article which we ran last week. Uh, a number of you got in touch and said, could I restate about where you could find the information that Google holds on you? And yes, I can. Of course, the answer is to go to HTTPS colon backslash backslash takeout.google.com that's t-a-k-e-o-u-t dot google dot com and that will give you a complete breakdown of all the data which google holds about you do make sure obviously that you are logged into google before you do that so log into google and go to https colon backslash takeout.google.com and that should give you all the information and uh, I think you'll be quite fascinated by how much information Google does hold about you. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We were quite surprised to read this week the results of a study from Fellows, the um, office equipment company, who found that almost 20% of workers still haven't been given a company GDPR policy. Uh, real figure was somewhere around 17%, which is shockingly low, actually. And obviously being involved in that industry and in ourselves providing companies with policies, we were a little surprised at how low this figure was. And perhaps it, it does show a big market opportunity for us. Um, but speak to any expert on GDPR, not just ourselves, and they'll probably tell you that organisations wishing to reduce their risk of a potential fine under GDPR need to train staff, and certainly that's a very strong message that we ourselves get over, that training really is important. Because breaches will occur, that's inevitable, and data breaches are so simple to make that Probably any company of any reasonable size is making a data breach at least once a week and possibly even once a day. Hopefully not more than once a day, but hey, who knows. And if a privacy regulator such as the ICO here in the UK finds the breach could have been avoided and or the response to the breach could have been more effective, maybe because if staff have been better prepared, then the fines are likely to be much higher. Uh, but this poll released by Fellows found that 1 in 10 employees didn't even know who in their company was responsible for GDPR. 1 in 5, 18%, thought it was their manager's responsibility and another 10% thought it was up to the office managers to monitor data regulations and 6% thought it was up to their board of directors to ensure they were compliant with GDPR. Well, in fact, the truth is, of course, that everyone within the company is is required to be compliant with GDPR. If you are the office junior, your responsibility to GDPR is every much as strong as if you are a senior director in a company. And it's very important that people start to recognise this because the ICO, without doubt, is starting to show that it has teeth. You know, we're regularly mentioning now in this in our podcast about companies being fined for non-compliance. And of course, we pick the large cases, but there are plenty of smaller cases too. And for a small, medium-sized enterprise, and let's face it, getting fined even three or four thousand pounds is a significant dent. 
A study went on to find that 17% of workers have never been given a company policy on GDPR. 54% said they'd seen personal or confidential data that they felt that they shouldn't have. 33% of workers admit that they do leave confidential or personal data unattended. 45% said they've sent a confidential email to the wrong person, which is in itself a data breach. And 61% said they'd received an incorrect email that they shouldn't have received. It again is a data breach. 19% said they'd left a USB pen lying around somewhere. And 14% said that they'd left confidential documents in public places, whether that be in a public park or on a train, a bus or wherever. The data reveals also that they've, most employees felt they faced more of a challenge meeting company deadlines and being late than they did about ensuring that their business was compliant with GDPR. And personally, I find this really quite concerning. So if you're listening to this and you feel that your company might fit within these numbers who've done nothing, then please do take action and at the very least do reach out to us because we can help you correct all this, get it all put in place properly and it really doesn't need to cost a great fortune. So please, if any of this applies to you, if you, if you think if, if people came and spoke to my workers today, my employees today, would they know who in the company to approach about GDPR? Would they even know what GDPR is? Would they know how it affects their role? If the answer to those questions or any of those questions is no or mm, I'm not sure, then please do get in touch with us. Um, you can find all our details at www.insurity.co.uk. You can find specific information about our GDPR training at www.gdprtrainingcourse, all one word, gdprtrainingcourse.co.uk. Go there, find our details, get in touch with us and hey let's get you sorted on this because I really don't want anyone listening to this to be one of these one in five who have employees who don't know what GDPR is all about. So please if that is you or you know companies where that's the case then get in touch with us or get that company to get in touch with us without delay and we're more than happy to fit our schedule around to work with you. So please do get in touch if that applies to you. Check us out on Facebook. Just a reminder that as well as the podcast, we now have our own Facebook group. Please do pop along and see us there at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash groups slash GDPR weekly show. That's always one word, GDPR weekly show. And... Uh, do please come and join the group and follow the discussions that are going on. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Two well-known UK companies had their Twitter accounts hacked this week. Uh, one was the film distributor, Pathé UK, and the other was the high street store, Matalan. Now, both of these companies had their Twitter platforms hacked and because the posts from the hackers would have appeared in the normal Twitter feed, 
and the Twitter feed shows the blue tick against the name, which shows that, you know, it is um, a confirmed account as far as Twitter is concerned. People are likely to believe that what's being posted is true. And in this case, what the hacker posted into both Pathé UK and Matalan was a retweet which in itself claimed to be from Tesla boss Elon Musk. Because it wasn't, it was totally fake, but it appeared for all the world to be direct from Elon Musk and hey, if Matalan or Pathé UK were retweeting it, then it must be right. Uh, this, we know, went out to at least 20,000 Twitter followers. And the idea of the scam was that Elon Musk said that he was giving away Bitcoins. In fact, he was giving away 10,000 Bitcoins, to be precise. But he wasn't actually giving away any Bitcoins at all, of course, because it wasn't him. And all people had to do to release this 100,000 Bitcoins was make a small payment, or relatively small payment, to get their hands on Bitcoins. Fortunately, the hack got recognised. Unfortunately, the hack wasn't recognised um, until 241 people fell victim to the scam. And in fact, I've just checked now, and as of today, the 11th of November at uh, 4.22 in the afternoon, 405 people have now fallen victim to this scam. So, if you see a post on Twitter which purports to be from Elon Musk, purports to be giving away 10,000 Bitcoins in return for a small donation, please don't fall for it. It's not real, it is a scam. Do not click on the button on the post and do not, whatever you do, actually scan the QR code which appears on the Twitter post. Because either way we'll see you losing some money to something which is just a criminal scam. Uh, both Pathé UK and Matalan say they now have got control back of their accounts. So hopefully this will only appear historically in people's feeds. But if you do see this advert at all from Elon Musk, please ignore it. Or please do report it to the appropriate authorities because it is a total scam. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. An event for your diaries uh, on the 20th and 21st of November 2018 at the XL Conference Centre in London uh, is the Data Protection World Forum. Uh, it's a conference spread over two days. There are a number of GDPR-related topics coming up at the conference, including uh, GDPR, the future of marketing and advertising, a GDPR health check, GDPR and HR, how to achieve ongoing compliance, and of course GDPR and HR is something that we've been talking about in this episode of the podcast. And 
also business development in a post-GDPR world, and I think that's something as well which would be of interest to lots of people, of just how does GDPR impact upon business development and how do we make sure that business continues to develop for everyone, even accepting the privacy constraints that GDPR places on us. So it's promising to be a really good conference and expo at SAO, if you don't know it, it's very easy to get to. It's out in Docklands, just to the east of London. Um, it's by the Jubilee Line for underground. Um, it's also very close to London City Airport, so for visitors from overseas it's very easy to arrive there. And it also has other good transport links. Uh, it's not great though to drive to, it has to be said, so it's a good case to use public transport, uh, most definitely if you can, because it makes your journey there much, much simpler. I'm going to be there on both days. If you'd like to meet up with me during the course of the Protection World, Data Protection World Forum, then of course I'd be delighted to meet with you. Please just drop me an email to podcasts at insurity.co.uk. Uh, with a note of which date, the 20th or the 21st, works best for you. And uh, we can arrange to meet at the conference. Um, I'll be talking some more about the conference in uh, a future episode of the podcast between now and November. And uh, indeed, hopefully we'll be getting to interview one of the organisers and uh, have that discussion. But just a note for your diary, so if you haven't got it in there already, please pencil in the dates, 20th and 21st of November at XL in London. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We've spoken a lot over the last few weeks about data breaches, and we've concentrated perhaps on the penalties and the potential issues on customer service that a data breach can impose. But I just want to take a few minutes to think about data breaches because on the one hand, of course, is trying to make sure that you minimise them. If you do have any, making sure that you record them in your data breach register. But also, of course, centre to the data breach has to be thinking about how it affects your customers. Because with the ease with which it's possible to have a simple data breach and with the fact that however much we try and protect our systems from uh, being infiltrated, a data breach by a cyber criminal is always a possibility and indeed for most companies it's going to be a matter of when rather than if, then we need to think about how we deal with that. How we deal with that with our customers. Because once the data's gone, it's our customers who need protection. As a very visible outcome of data breaches takes hold, organisations with significant customer databases that do not prioritise customer needs risk magnifying the crisis exponentially. Of course, on the one hand, this could mean fines from the ICO, but on the other, it could be a hit to your brand reputation, your trust, and potentially, if you're a quoted company, even your share price. So there are key steps that a business can take to try and contain this. The first is to expect the expected. 
So, you know, make sure that you have a key data breach policy procedure in place. And obviously, if you're one of our customers, then you will already have done that. If you're not one of our customers and you haven't got a data breach policy in place, then please do get in touch with us at insurability.co.uk. Because the risk for customers begins the moment that data has been stolen or infiltrated. Because remember that criminals may not be just looking to use that data from your own system. They might be looking to use it to go on a fishing expedition or a spear fishing expedition. And uh, if you're not sure what spear fishing is, then look back to episode 12 of these podcasts. And we had an article there about spear fishing. So the first step you need to take is notifying your customers that there's been a breach. Now, obviously you don't need to notify customers of every breach, but if it's a serious breach, then you do need to notify the customers that a data breach has occurred. And make sure that in that notification, you make it clear that you will be supporting and protecting them in the days and weeks following the incident. Because it can be weeks later that these fishing or spear fishing expeditions start, it might not be the day after someone's stolen the data. But do make sure you get that out as soon as you can. Do talk to your data protection officer, whether that's an internal DPO or whether you've got someone external that you use for DPO like ourselves. Do talk to your data protection officer and say, what do you think we should do? And if it's felt that you should report it to the ICO, then of course remember that you've only got a 72 hour window from when you discovered the data breach to report it. So you need to be having these discussions with your DPO with some degree of urgency. And make sure that your customer care team or your customer service team, even your sales reps come to that, know what's happened and what steps you're taking to put it right. So that you can make sure that they pass that information on to your customers and potential customers. And so you play down the effect of the data breach onto your customers and hopefully you take what could be a very negative customer experience to be in a very positive customer experience and so you retain their loyalty and you protect any possible damage to your reputation. So it really is crucial that anyone who might have contact with your customers from your company is aware the data breach has happened is aware what steps you're taking to contain it, is aware whether you've reported it to the ICO or not, so that all of that can be handled without any additional stress on your customers and therefore hopefully means that you're more likely to retain those customers as happy customers of your organisation. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. If you've thought about ICO audits or your own internal audits of your GDPR procedures and you've thought, oh, well, you know, it only came in in May, so we've got at least until next May before we need to worry about it, then I'm afraid I've got bad news for you because the ICO here in the UK has already started to issue GDPR assessment notices. Now what these are, are 
notices that the ICO serves on companies telling them that they need to conduct a GDPR audit or the ICO will arrange for the GDPR audit to be conducted for you. And already we know in the last couple of weeks that the ICO have issued assessment notices to Experian, to Equifax, to Call Credit and also some data brokers to Axiom, the Data Locator Group and the GB Group over the services they offer political parties. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven companies or organisations who've now been ordered by the ICO to conduct a GDPR audit. And the ICO can do that at any time to any company. And this is the first time they've started to do it, but they're obviously now intending to do it. So don't assume that you've got until next May before you have to start thinking about organising a GDPR audit. You could be ordered to do it at any time. And we would suggest it's a good idea to have an internal audit done before you get forced to have one. And we are, of course, more than happy and willing to conduct an internal audit for you and let you have the results. So please do give some thought to your uh, GDPR audits. And that's something we'll return to in next week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it entertaining. Please do let me know. Let me have your feedback by sending an email to podcast.insurity.co.uk. You can find out more about us and Insurity at www.insurity.co.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you again, same time, same place, next week. Have a good week, everybody, and remember to keep your data safe. Check us out on Facebook. The GDPR Weekly Show is an Insurity production. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash insurity.